Hello and welcome to Who Are You? This is a Babylon 5 Watchcast hosted by two former strangers, now friends, who've gotten to know each other while rewatching a favorite show from their childhood, Babylon 5. I'm Jafar. And I'm Laura. And today, Laura, I'm going to ask you, who or what or, or, or where, I guess, <laughs> is the one? So if this is your first time hearing this, this is a bit we do in our season recap episodes where we'll ask each other what is the one thing right now. Uh, we do it for seasons of the show, but, you know, we ran out of big stuff to talk about, so we're getting to know each other through some of the smaller things now. Yeah, yeah. So I got to ask you, Laura, what is a recent band or album, the one recent band or album that you've just been jamming to? Well, I am famously a late bloomer when it comes to, like, popular music. Okay. <laughs> I don't get into something until, like, years after it's been well-established. And, uh, Nothing wrong with that. Popular in the in the zeitgeist, even yeah. My husband makes fun of me because I'm like so behind. I'll be like, oh, this is a cool song. It's the first time I've heard it. It's really new. And he's like, no. <laughs> <laughs> this is from like ten years ago, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm always really behind. I think the most recent band that I've been consistently jamming to is Panic at the Disco. Okay. I really like. Brendan Urie's voice is it? It's Brendan, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I really enjoy his voice. He seems very classically trained, incredibly talented. I think I saw a video, maybe it was for Jimmy Fallon, mm-hmm. the night show, where he did like during the quarantine, he did a song of theirs, maybe, and played all of the instruments mm-hmm. <laughs> in it, and did all of the voice parts by himself, and like recorded every single thing. It was amazing. He's just an incredibly talented person. He's uh, got a solo album that's really good, if you haven't listened to that yet. Oh, I don't think I have. I'll have to look that up now. <laughs> it's from like maybe five, six years ago, I want to say. I'm a little late to it, but better late than never, right? Yeah, for sure. What about you? What's an album or band that's your jam? I've got two albums that I've been listening to a bunch lately. I've been okay. listening to RTJ4 by Run the Jewels a ton lately. And then I've been listening to We're All Gonna Live from Dawes. Uh, yeah, okay, because is... I'm perpetually behind. I have no idea who these people are. <laughs> okay, so Run the Jewels is a rap supergroup of Killer Mike and ELP. Okay. LP. I think it's LP. I forget if it's a capital L or not. Anyways, they are incredible. Uh, if you listen to any kind of rap at all, they are very, very good. They are very clever and very funny, but also very political. Yeah. <laughs> um, Go figure. Jafar liking someone who's very political. And then Dawes. I don't know that Dawes has ever been a big band. Like, I, I feel like you could say Run the Jewels and outside to a crowd of 10 people and you'll get four or five people who know who Run the Jewels are. Dawes is, I don't think, a band like that. They're not small by any means. I mean, they tour the country and do the thing and have a ton of albums we're all gonna live is their live album that they did from their tour from the album we're all gonna die yeah so it's a fun little pun we're all gonna live we're i all like gonna that live. yeah and it's got it's kind of like a greatest hits for them from their first couple of albums uh i do like their more recent stuff as well it's just that album has always just been I don't know. It's one of those albums that I will come back to every couple of years and listen to a ton for like a month. And Mm -hmm. I'm there right now. 
Yeah, I do that too. Like I'll get just kind of stuck on an album for a while. Mm -hmm. And then I kind of associate it with like a time in my life sometimes about things that were happening. I have a set of numerical playlists on Spotify Uh that's just like playlist one, playlist two, playlist three, like, and I'm on 30 right now. Uh And these go back 20 years. Dang. And so I have kind of like these capstones where it's like, this was my podcast at this time. Or Uh not in my podcast, but my playlist at this time. Yeah. That was just instantly transport. I can throw one on from like, I have like playlists that I turned into burned CDs to listen to in the car in high school still. Mm -hmm. And stuff. So I can like just put on, you know, some of that stuff and just be instantly transported back to riding shotgun in my best friend's car on the way to school or certain parts of college or travel. You know, like whenever I hear Youth Without Youth by Metric, I remember flying over Lake Michigan on a work trip because that was the first time I heard that song. So I I totally vibe with that. I have a lot of musical ties to specific experiences or times of my life. Yeah, it's amazing the feelings that you'll have drug back up. Yeah. From just from those songs or just from that album. Mm -hmm. It's very interesting. I'm sure there's a psychology paper about it or something. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Well, I would like to know, what is the one best app that you've been using? Like on your phone or a tablet or something to make your life easier or that you've been enjoying? I recently set up my own Jellyfin Media Box. Tell me what this is. It's basically my own in-house streaming service. Oh. Oh, I think you were telling me about this last week off pod. Yes, because I right now it is closed network. It's only available in my house, mm-hmm. but I do have the intention of putting it on a outside network at some point so that you can watch Third Space and In the Beginning and Crusade and all of these things that you yeah. just you don't have access to anymore from Babylon yeah. 5. I think some of the movies might be available on iTunes. But I'm not sure about Crusade. Lost Tales is available on Vudu, but that's okay. it. Some of the stuff's really hard to come by. And yeah. uh, honestly, it was uh, talking to Yum Yum about their DVD backups and stuff. And I'm just all like, I want that, but I hate physical me- Like, I hate moving physical media mm-hmm. around. But I have digital backups of like every DVD that I owned for a very long time, which ended up being fortuitous because my DVD collection got went missing in college at some point yeah yeah. Uh, so i do have like backups of all these things that i've purchased that are shows that you just can't get anymore or at least couldn't get for a while clone high was like one of the things i would go back to and watch back before that was readily available again so yeah that's probably the top of my list right now because it's getting a ton of use Mm -hmm. and i'm watching random odds and ends that i have saved that just you can't get streaming anymore sounds very useful yeah, how about you? Uh, speaking of useful, I guess, I probably get the most use out of the Notability app. I don't I'm know not if you're familiar. familiar with this one. Okay, it's, you know, it's just a notes-taking app, but it has lots of, like, options for different templates. You know, you can have your mm-hmm. ruled paper, you can have your grid paper, you can have a planner, you can have recipe cards, like, lots of different options for taking notes. You can either write it and have it transformed into type text mm-hmm. or you can just write if you prefer i do a lot of writing in different colors when i'm taking notes especially for our show okay 
because it'll it'll make a, a joke stand out within the text of just what's happening in the scene. Yeah. Or, you know, it just it helps my brain process stuff to use different colors while I'm taking my notes. I remember stuff a lot better. I don't know why that is. There's probably another psychology paper about that one. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'm glad you got something that works for you. I use, I tab, I indent a lot in my notes. Uh-huh, yeah, me too. Like my default on my handwritten notes is tabbed in twice so that I can uh-huh. go back and do stuff yeah. and make notes in that margin space. Yeah, that's smart. All right, so I mentioned Jellyfin and having the media server set up at home. Part of that is I've set up a gym downstairs. So I've got a little like cheapy projector and my old sound bar and it's in my basement. I've got some cardio down there set up, got a rower and a bike, and I've been spending time. I've been trying to get more exercise. I have not been able to throw disc golf for a couple of weeks because I actually tore my bicep. (laughs) Um, What a shame. I'm sorry to hear that. I'm okay now. I uh-huh. could go throw now, but it's been thunderstorming for days. And also, right. we have all of the smoke from the wildfires here in Michigan. I've so heard about that. I'm so sorry. I couldn't walk. Like, I'd put a mask on to walk outside. I couldn't see down my street. It was so bad. Wild. Um, yeah. We had some of the worst air quality in the country here for several days. And mm-hmm. so it healed up just in time for me to not be able to leave my house. So this next mm-hmm. week, probably. But yeah. So I've been trying to get workouts downstairs in that gym. And do you have a, like, good TV or movie to just, like, get on the bike and just, like, watch while you're doing something? That is a great question. For me, and this was probably not a useful recommendation to you, but for that particular purpose, like, whenever I'm on a treadmill or a bike or something exercising, Mm -hmm. I usually go with one of the 90s era Star Treks just because I can kind of slip into my like feelings of nostalgia and dissociate from being exercising a little bit okay (laughs) and is that or you know if I need a shorter workout session you know I'm not gonna want to go for the full like 45 minutes or whatever Mm -hmm. I might do one of the you know humorous cartoons like a lower decks or a, a futurama or even just like the simpsons it's something I don't necessarily need to like pay attention to Okay. Um, but will like cheer me up enough that I'm not bummed about being exercising. <laughs> so Beth and I have been watching Succession while working out. <laughs> okay. Which How's is like that? the exact opposite of the thing you're talking about. This yeah, because I hear that one's like intense, right? It's intense. It's Yeah, it's an HBO drama about rich people and it just gets me very uh-huh. frustrated. So it's good for working out, I find. Yeah, you got to get your emotions up a little bit. Yeah. Have a little like rage exercise. Yeah, for sure. Okay. <laughs> That's interesting. So is that your recommendation? Do you think I should try that out or yeah, do you I'm, have something it, else? It works for me. Okay. Well, I want to know. So after you've been working out mm-hmm. and it, I don't know about in Michigan, but it is hot as hell here in Oklahoma. And it probably will be until October. Out right now. Are you serious? Yep. It there is, are places in the world where it's like that right now? It's, oh, my God. I mean, it's raining, but yes. I'd take it, my man. I'm ready. It was the <laughs> lowest 68 and the highest 77 here today. Okay. All right. Well, we'll put a pin in that. <laughs> <laughs> but if you've been working out and you're hot and sweaty and yeah. it's summertime, maybe it's hot outside. I don't know. 
Um, <laughs> what is the one best summer drink that you want right now? Right now, I've been going for a gin and tonic. Okay. Splash of lime. Nice floral gin. Not just like a Tanqueray or a Bombay or something, but something that's got a little sure. bit more of okay. a complex flavor profile. Yeah. But when it gets hotter, mojito. Uh-huh. Oh, yes. I love a mojito. Yeah, a mojito on a hot day. Mm. The lime yeah. and mint. Yeah, that's perfect. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say that, you know, I'm obviously not drinking alcohol for a while. Yes. <laughs> At this moment. Uh, got reasons for that. But I really enjoy like an infused water right now. Okay. Like, cucumber or lemon i actually for most of my life have not been a person who prefers ice in my drinks okay but since i was pregnant last year i really really want my drink to be cold so a nice ice cold like infused water or maybe a lemonade like uh but i don't like plain lemonade i want you to put some in it like give me some give me some other flavors okay like some strawberries some raspberry yeah peach all right well it's nice to uh get to know you a little bit better uh we have to figure out an end to the segment at some point what's the (laughs) i'm trying to segue the one into this episode and it's so hard yeah you can't Uh... we'll figure it out one day (laughs) next time stay tuned well yeah we'll get there eventually but for right now we're just going to go right into season four episode 10 racing mars uh we open in sheridan's office with supply shortage being the issue, Ivanova tells uh, John she's going to handle dealing with the smugglers and then relieves him of duty. Yeah, uh, that's cute. He hasn't had a day off in nine months. Uh, mm-hmm. The whole war, dying. And she's like, you're going to take a few days while it's quiet. He then asks about Stephen and Marcus and how, if we've heard from them before walking out. We go to a cargo freighter. Where the worst game of I Spy is happening. Yeah, Marcus is still trying to make this trip interesting. M for more boxes was pretty good. E-, e for even more boxes was quite quite cute. Yeah. <laughs> and Marcus grabs a dude to theme. We get a short introduction to Captain Jack. This is Donovan of Scott. Course. Donovan Scott has had a very successful career playing oh. one person in particular. Really? Yeah. One character in many different forms continuously throughout his career. This A type of person. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Tell me which person this is. Santa Claus. (laughs) He's got like 19 IMDb credits for playing Santa Claus or Santa or Kris Kringle or Mr. Winter. (laughs) How funny. How many of these are on Lifetime, I wonder? I'm guessing a hand a handful of them looked like made for TV movies, yeah. 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 That's fun. I mean, he's he's a very fun bit part in this episode. Yeah. He knows the key to Franklin's heart. Food. <laughs> yeah, Franklin is a simple man. Marcus tries to put an end to this, but yeah, it's like potatoes. to be fair i would probably have the same reaction to potatoes if i had been eating protein bars for who knows how long (laughs) so i recently found a youtube channel uh called Uh like ration swap that takes active military people 
from different allied countries and has them trade rations. Oh, interesting. And I can see why, like, you know, they're traveling with, like, protein bars and, like, survival food that they could take a ton of. Uh-huh. And then he's got, like, these big old bags and stuff. And it reminds me a lot of, like, the American rations compared to the Italian rations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I bet European militaries have some significantly better rations than Americans. Yeah, the Italian rations are like, here's your can of ravioli and stuff. And, uh-huh. you know. It's... And your little juice box of wine. Yeah, right? Well, yes. There's a lot of stuff like that. Chocolates with every meal. Mm-hmm. Little stuff like that. And it's just like, but it's also four times the size of an American ration. Yeah. <laughs> so. I could see that. Yeah, Captain Jack has the good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but Marcus is not going to be swayed by food. Yeah. He's he's not going to potentially give up the whole game just because this guy has the good snacks. Yep. Uh, we see Sheridan in his quarters attempting a staycation. Uh, so he's going to watch some TV, but he only gets one channel and it's yeah. ISN and they're just repeating their Babylon 5 broadcast. They make a note yeah. of it there that it's like, for our friends in this sector, another repeat of this broadcast. <laughs> This is not healthy, right? No. He needs to go get out Everdell or something. This is not a good use of his time. He's got a fucking fleet. <laughs> He's got white stars. Grab to land. Get on a ship. Go literally anywhere. <laughs> yeah. Do not rewatch this. Do not like hate watch the Garibaldi interview over and over. Yeah. Go check <laughs> out the Vorlon homeworld now that it's empty or some shit. I don't know. You got options. Yeah. This is a bad choice, uh, and it leads to more bad choices because he goes looking for Mr. Garibaldi. Yeah, he Garibaldi makes him look like a real asshole here. Yeah, he played right into his hands. He it's did. kind of unfortunate. Sheridan basically tells him his oath never ends, and Garibaldi's like, fuck you, this is the exact kind of reason thing that made me leave. They get into a, a yelling match, and uh, after it's over, the camera pans up, and we see the cure looking on from a distance. Yeah, I all of this stuff with Garibaldi really kind of hits a really uncomfortable note for me. I'm sure it does for you, too, because how much of it are you wondering is sort of like Jerry Doyle's points that he makes later, maybe, in some of his... Mm. Uh, work after this <laughs> i mean the fact that our one character becomes a conservative talk host is also brainwashed is not lost on me <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh the whole like in this scene i think he brings up the freedom of speech yeah so aren't you fighting for freedom of speech like yeah okay my dude yeah it seems a little a little much to be perfectly honest yeah, uh, Garibaldi doth protest too much. Yep. Captain Jack reveals himself as the resistance contact. What the hell is this passphrase? I know, right? Lita had a little Vorlon. This is fucking weird and rude. This is incredibly rude to Lita. This yeah. was upsetting. Yeah. And haven't we used Mary had a little lamb in, in something with telepaths before? Did we? I don't remember. I think we did. I think there was that the scene we're dealing with the resistance, the underground. Oh, with uh, Talia forever but, ago. 
the the underground that's trying to escape i think yeah. and they're like repeating mary had a little lamb i think to keep themselves from giving away secrets if they're pressed mm. like they're gonna just use that as their mantra so maybe maybe this is kind of calling back to that because we're mentioning lita but yeah this is a weird thing yeah i ugh, i was kind of just squaked out by this yeah Anytime you, like, use a nursery rhyme in these sort of contexts, it's a little squeaky, right? Yeah. And then, like, <laughs> this is your friend? <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, she helped you. She was, like, instrumental. Yeah, right? You do not win this war without her. Right, right. Anyways, Captain Jack tells them all their cover story. They're a co- young married couple on their honeymoon, and Marcus is just fucking delighted about this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, I, I like that we're not playing this because this was the 90s, right? This could yeah. have been played as, ew, gross. Someone actually asked JMS about this. I talk, I Remind me to not talk about this again later because it's in my notes later. But he's just like, once humanity found aliens, something as trivial as sexual orientation as a way to other just stopped being a concern. It's just hmm. not an issue for humanity in the future. And I'm all like, Cool. I'm glad it's not an issue for humanity in the future. And I unfortunately mm-hmm. have to nod my head and agree that it's probably because it's a lot easier to other when there's aliens and to stop doing it with humans. Yeah, this is a real big huh moment mm-hmm. considering some of the recent events revolving the Supreme Court. The uh... huh. Oh, I don't want to talk about it. I'm just going to use your classic Jaffer. That's fair. <laughs> Go for huh. it. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is real cute. I was couldn't decide if I was disappointed or impressed that we didn't get the like obligatory scene you probably would have gotten in a 90s media at this point of them like trying to sell it yeah. to someone like at the hotel or, you know, security somewhere on Mars. Yep. These identities as married people. It's I was not like, a am thing I disappointed that I don't get thing. to see it? Huh. It's not a thing because it's not a thing. Yeah. No, I mean trying to sell themselves as someone oh, else. Yeah. Like as these married people. Not that yeah. Okay. That they had to sell like Yeah, I got gotcha. being gay is unusual. The two of them being a couple when they have their <laughs> past that we know all about. They have a lot um, of fun with it. I'm sure do. I'm sure the actors had a lot of fun with it too. I'm sure yeah. that was a lot of fun on set. After this, Garibaldi can't remember if it's Monday so he can fall apart. Tuesday, Wednesday break is... Actually, now that we get a better look at these guys, Mm -hmm. they really have a whole Smiths thing going on. See, I think of them as Depeche Mode. (laughs) (laughs) They certainly have a look, though, don't they? They are not inconspicuous on this station. They should really work on that. They've got a strong brand. (laughs) Yeah. Nightwatch 2.0 here tries to get Garibaldi to sign up. And he might be pissed at John, but he's not about to sell him out. Yet. After this, Captain Jack relays some rumors about Babylon 5 to Marcus and Franklin, including them simultaneously being conquerors of Mars, and also, fuck it, we're just leaving the Resistance alone. I like that I got my confirmation that, yes, pretty much the solar system, our solar system, does not know about the Shadow War. Yeah. We had, I think, two episodes ago, maybe? I had asked, do they know? And it's confirmed, canon here, that no, they do not. Yeah. Yeah, Captain Jack's like, what war? We don't get P-10 on Mars. We do get some good fun between Marcus and Franklin here. Back on the station, Ivanova meets with smugglers in an attempt to get them to go legit. 
She offers mm-hmm. them fighter escorts, maintenance, fuel costs, repairs, and also not getting blown up by Babylon 5. <laughs> mm-hmm. Speaking of good fun, Carrot Ivana is good fun in this scene. <laughs> <laughs> I love that she specifically lists their crimes and touches each of them Yeah, when discussing their crimes and their, like, what they're wanted for, specifically, mm-hmm. by EarthGov. She's very good at making it clear that they really should consider this opportunity very seriously. Yeah. When they're going through stuff, one of them asks, when they're talking about the clean slate, one of them's all like, does that include for that shipment that made Garibaldi lose his hair? <laughs> I, I'm a little disappointed that we had to, like, give an explanation for why Garibaldi went bald. I mean, can't mm-hmm. a man just go bald? <laughs> I mean, he was clearly on his way there, but this is fun. (laughs) Captain Jack takes Franklin and Marcus through some old mines to meet with the resistance leaders. When they get got to commercial, uh, when we come back, we find out these people are the resistance and are checking them out. We find Mm -hmm. out the Texas Rangers are still culturally relevant somehow. (laughs) Of course. If anyone's going to be standing the test of time, it's going to be those Texas Rangers, right? Yep, for sure. Uh, we get number two here played by Clayton Landy. He's a real that guy. And he gives Marcus shit for his Mimbari war pike. He says there's two types of people, the suspicious and the dead. I initially <laughs> read this as the only people that survive are the people who cast suspicion, not are suspicious themselves. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I'm just all like, wait a minute. That doesn't make sense. You those are the people that would get, wait, wait, no, oh, 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 like my brain yeah. like had to go on a whole trip for that sentence it's to make a, sense. It's kind of a survival of the fittest thing, yeah. his point that he's making. I got there. It just took time. Yeah. Transmissions are being jammed all over the place, uh, so it's going to be a long time to verify their IDs and make sure that they're not assassins. Yeah, because they've had rumors that there might be assassins on their way. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Dylan goes to John and talks him through his encounter with Garibaldi. She notes he's got the day. So, hey, maybe one of these Mimbari courting rituals we can get through. He's like, yeah, how many for the... are there? <laughs> well, now it's time for the sex ritual. Yeah. Yes. The <laughs> ritual of discovering each other's pleasure centers. Maybe the threshold even. Duh. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Once he finds out it's the booty call ritual he's in. Yeah, he's down. Back on Mars, Captain Jack shows Franklin a picture of his daughter. And Creepfest McGee here is just like, she's gorgeous. Just turned 18 two days ago. (laughs) I wouldn't be handing this to Franklin then. Right. It's like, oh, maybe Here's her address. Right. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, boy. Captain Jack mentions come again from Daneb 4 when number two marches in. Their identity cards are bunk, and he thinks they're assassins. Number one jumps in as Jack starts pulling at his shoulder and backs off. Franklin notices something go- is going on. He saves number one as Marcus shoots the keeper off of Captain Jack's shoulder. Yeah, he's got one of them little aliens. He does. Like poor, poor Regent Verini. Uh, Franklin does get a chance to perform an autopsy on the keeper. And due to its biology, is able to determine its basic function, controlling the hosts. Franklin notes some of his erratic behaviors, aligned with Jack trying to warn them without being able to tell them directly. Jack escaped and has taken a grenade with him. 
Number one calls him and Jack explains that they always grow back and he blows himself up rather than give himself up to its control again. That is a very key point, isn't it? They always that they always grow, grow back. back. Yep. Hmm. Seems like it could be a problem. Over on the station, Garibaldi finishes a deal with Anthony Kiedis as Sheridan comes back in to apologize as Ubrakiri comes up and asks for a blessing. Mm-hmm. JMS noted on Usenet that he got a little flack for the, he's not the Pope, he looks nothing like her line. My husband immediately said, that'll never happen. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, they'll never let that happen. I was like, okay. Uh, maybe in 200 You're probably years. Not wrong. Right, right. He ends up punching Sheridan and the apology does not work out. Important question for you. Yeah. Do you think Depeche Mode set this up? Oh, 100%. 100%. Yeah. 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 They paid this lady. Yeah, this is Morrissey's work. Hands down. Yeah. <laughs> so Sheridan is all worked up now and goes to Delenn's quarters uh -huh. to find a, a bunch of Mimbari there. <laughs> Man, you're all worked up. You just had a fight with your best buddy. It's all over. Need to need to get some feelings out. Go see your girlfriend. <laughs> And she's got a bunch of people over. Yep. They're there for a the bunch sex of like show. Yep. A bunch of relatives. <laughs> oh, oh boy. No thanks. The Mimbari just know how to kill the fun out of anything, don't they? The Mimbari just like to watch. All right. That's their thing. Know, I mean, maybe it is more fun for them. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> After the sex, Sheridan shares an elevator with Lanier who gives him shit for exclaiming woohoo at some point. I would say this is some very deserved shit. <laughs> Sheridan canonically has the worst pillow talk of any character in Babylon 5. For real. <laughs> woohoo. Woo oh my god. Who. No. Can you imagine? That'd be an I'd be like, and this is over. <laughs> it was a good run. <laughs> it's done now. <laughs> <laughs> Back on Mars, Marcus bros out and dips out so Franklin and number one can have dinner together. Over on the station, there's a light that never goes out as the Smiths roll up on Garibaldi, who hopes that a double-decker bus hits Sheridan. <laughs> he signs up to credits. Uh, yep. All right, Laura, how do you feel about this one? You know, I had a little more fun with this one than the last one. Yeah. I love Mars. I love any time we're doing something on Mars. I don't know why. It's just intriguing to me. I love that we got some more lore about the Keeper. Yeah. Very, very interested in those Keepers. Ratcheting the stakes up a little bit, too, with them in that we've been told they always grow back. Yep. Seems problematic. Seems like an issue. I don't love where we're going with sending Franklin off with number one. I feel like that could get a little more Franklin romancy. Not into it. <laughs> <laughs> But I think overall, you know, whereas last episode, I was, you know, ready to give it a two until I was charmed into it. For mm -hmm. me, this is a solid episode of Babylon 5. Like, yeah. it's a, it's definitely a solid three for me, just that it's kind of on that average, but it's doing all the things that I love from Babylon 5. For sure. What about you? What do you think? I'm right there. I put this as a uh, four out of five. and like, Maybe I should bump this to three and a half. I don't know. But it's a really good it's episode. Solid. 
but it is not an episode that I would ever watch outside of a full series rewatch. Oh yeah, there's so much that's continuous, right? Yeah, it it's you've got to use it in the context of everything that's around it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it yeah it definitely exists where it's supposed to exist and couldn't do anything else. And I don't like I said, it's not one that I'd ever just like. Oh, I'm gonna throw that episode on, but it is a very good episode. Yeah, even the stuff with uh, Sheridan and Garibaldi that I don't love the conflict between Sheridan and Garibaldi because I don't want to see my friends fighting. Yeah, but. It is very well done, and it does what it's supposed to do. It makes you mad. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, next time we've got Season 4, Episode 11, Lines of Communication. Delenn meets the Drox for the first time. Hmm. Earth continues to report propaganda about Babylon 5, but Sheridan prepares a counterattack. Franklin and Marcus rally support on Mars. Delenn gives sad news to Sheridan. That's a lot of things. Again. Yeah, it's a lot. The Drock are a big deal. So, yeah, good to see them finally. I didn't know we were going to encounter them so soon. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll go over all of that next time. But in the meantime, thank you, Jeremy Siegel, for our theme music. You can find more of Jeremy's work at jeremysiegel42.bandcamp.com. And also on streaming platforms, has Nuclear Jaguar. (laughs) And thank you to Angry Duck Time Machine on Instagram for our podcast artwork. Thank you, Aaron, for editing our podcast and making sure that it is listenable. Really appreciate you. And thank you to you, the listener, for being here with us. We really enjoy having you. We'd love to talk to you on the Discord. Or if you're not a Discord person, you can always email us at whoareub5 at Mm gmail.com. And hit us up on Facebook or Twitter. All right. Well, we'll see you next week, Internet. Take care. Bye. Bye.